The Confusion Experiment, a 100-day journey from the head to the heart and beyond, by Camille Conti, forward by New York Times best-selling author Kyle Cease of I Hope I Screw This Up, narrated by Camille Conti. Forward. A year and a half ago, I was honored to meet Camille Conti. She came to work with me as a client to find a voice, to face her fears, and to learn as much about herself as possible. When I first met her, I noticed that she was nervous and anxious, maybe a bit scared, but was wide open. She had no idea what we were going to do, but that didn't stop her from being willing to go deep and to open up to the unknown. After working with thousands and thousands of people, I have to say Camille's commitment to change is remarkable. She's been completely dedicated to her own growth. I remember at one point her continually telling me, I don't understand. I'm so confused. I suggested that she should write and talk about that confusion. She would then become even more confused and reply, So you're saying that my voice is to be confused? That's my ticket? Yes. We have to let this confusion happen and not seek to find an answer right away so that we can become a space for a higher calling to come through. I challenged her to meditate for 100 days and make a video immediately afterwards exploring the experience. I was shocked to learn that she had done it. Every single day, this woman committed to going inward, listening in deep meditation, and creating a daily video series, all while writing a book and transforming as a human being. To me, the only people that I want to listen to are people who have actually experienced change versus just studying how it works. Camille has experienced change. She became change, and she embodied change. Many of the old habits that she had lingering around seem to have vanished. She now is embodying a unique voice and confidence that offers us an incredible opportunity to question our own fears, to fall in love with our own confusion, and to create a space for a much more powerful us. This is the version of ourselves that could actually make a major change, not only for our lives and the people around us, but for the entire planet. There is no question that Camille has done the work so deeply that she has transcended many of the challenges that she grew up with in her past. Every one of us has some sort of lingering belief system that we could look at and move beyond. There are many people that could tell us how to look at it, but there are very few that actually do the work. Camille actually looked at it, loved it, faced it, and stayed with it until life, the universe, or whatever else you want to call it, took it from her. In this book, Camille lives a transformation for us. She experiences her fears, the excitement, the possibilities, and then proves her new confident embodiment by living it. And that's why Camille is a gift. It feels to me like maybe 16 people on the planet have actually done that type of work. Camille is one of them. I know there are so many people who are experts in many different fields, but I'd rather learn skydiving from someone who skydives than from someone who has only studied skydiving. Camille was so courageous that she walked right into the heart of a very well-developed limitation and stayed with it until it was gone. To me, that is what a hero does. She is my hero, and I'm honored to be a part of her book because she is living the real truth. Kyle Cease, comedian, speaker, and author of New York Times bestseller, I Hope I Screw This Up.
Acknowledgements. I wouldn't be writing my first ever acknowledgements page if Kyle Cease hadn't challenged me to write about my confusion, with the added motivation of, I'll write it if you don't. Kyle was convinced, there's a book here, and he was right. There wouldn't be any words if Christy Morgan hadn't said yes to my Facebook post looking for someone to transcribe the 100 videos that she had attended many of my workshops in Alaska years before, added a layer of destiny to this moment. I didn't know then that Christy is a phenomenal editor and talented writer herself. Transcribing the videos allowed Christy to wear my skin, which became a priceless gift as we moved forward because she understood intrinsically what I had gone through and what I was trying to convey. Christy single-handedly showed me my voice, kept me true to it, and through her edits, made it more powerful. She helped me let go of what I was clinging to, taught me about writing and editing in a way that shaped this work, and fought for my authenticity even when I was willing to surrender it. In the home stretch, she went back in for the fourth and then fifth edit of the 100 days, doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, which was to shave away everything that wasn't necessary. In turn, we created exactly what I had always wanted, Christy has put in hundreds of hours into this project, very little of which was compensated. I would not have this book without you, Christy, and I am forever grateful. I wouldn't have been able to pay Christy for that initial transcription work if it weren't for the following people who donated to my first ever book shower, a fun spoof on having a baby shower, as this is certainly my baby. Thank you, Kay Howard, John Stab, Laurel Epps, Mary Kay and Terry Welsh, Cynthia Hensley, Evie Dunham, Karen Button, Dawn Kelly, Bud John, Megan Piersma, Ron Schwartz, Mark Anthony, Susan Brakeall, and Mark Pearson. Thank you so much for being the first ones to buy the book. I wouldn't have said yes to the Flow Group retreat if it weren't for my beautiful mentor, Shirley May Springer Staten who made it so very clear and easy when she said, tell them you're in. I don't know that I would have taken the book seriously if Shirley hadn't gotten up from her couch after I returned from the Flow Group weekend with a piece of white paper and insisted I fold it in half and write across the top the confusion experiment. I think back now at how annoyed I was that she was forcing me to do something so stupid. Thank you, Shirley, for seeing the cover before I could. I wouldn't have been able to make that weekend in California happen on such short notice if it weren't for my dear friend Vicki Watson, who became an angel investor in January of 2017, long before any of this was in the works. Vicki donated to my radio show's annual fundraiser, and the amount was so considerable that I immediately knew this was seed money for something special, although at the time I didn't know what. I held on to that check until March 17th when I used it in a way that snowballed into one financial miracle after another that paid for the weekend's expenses. I wouldn't have been able to afford the weekend's lodging if it weren't for my beloved soul sister, Christina Young, who wrote me a check to pay for it without hesitation. And I wouldn't have had any extra spending money if it weren't for my longtime friend and radio brother, Kerry Kerrigan, and his wife, Lynn who gifted me with some beautiful green cash just hours before I left. 
I wouldn't have had the feedback that further crafted the book without my three groups of readers who agreed to a short turnaround and gave constructive criticism that made the book better each time. Additional thanks to Mary Hasbrook, Claire Koppel, Patty Bran, Katie Pavolo, Kim Wilson, and Kalinda Wolf for their feedback and insight. I wouldn't have been able to begin the process of getting myself ready to do the edits that had to be done if it weren't for Emil Churchin, a dear friend and talented writer. Emil was one of my first readers who asked me to let him clean up the punctuation. A few days later, he made a very strong case to let him have editing rights. Realizing it would be good to have a fresh set of eyes, Christy and I said yes. As Emil combed through the pages in Google Docs, I began to hyperventilate as one yellow comment box after another crowded the right side of the page. Long, thoughtful reasoning as to why I needed to edit this and cut that left me defensive. Christy, knowing he was right and understanding my resistance, was able to help me see the light, patiently walking me through each and every edit. Emil's deep dedication to my writing, his devotion to our friendship, and me getting this right, his relentless unwillingness to go easy on me, his brilliant insight into what the reader would tolerate and question, his gentle exasperation of my obsession with the word profound, and his loving support of me being an author. Stop saying you're not an author. I'm editing your book. Created a turning point in what the book was able to become. Emil, too, spent over a hundred hours editing and received a tiny stipend for work that is priceless. Unending gratitude to my prayer partner and soul brother, Kaleem Nuruddin. Through his undying dedication to my highest good, he has held a space for me every Wednesday morning for the past four years. He knew and affirmed with me what was coming before it took form and felt the impact the book would make on people's lives for months leading up to the publication. My thanks to Sarah for her support over that retreat weekend and to Kara for holding such a space of love for all of us as we journeyed to the depths of our souls. I'm grateful for our friendship. I wouldn't have been able to go so deep inside myself that weekend if it weren't for Mark, Kat, and Sasha, three remarkably brave individuals whose lives and choices have inspired me beyond measure. To you, Sasha, there are few words I've left unsaid, to describe how much I love you and how your presence in my life since March 23, 2017 has forever changed the quality of my existence. How true it is, my friend, that butterflies are free. Lastly, deep appreciation to my sisters Judy and Janice for their continuous support and encouragement. Nothing but love for my tremendous mother, Anne, the world's greatest joke teller, who was willing to let me write about her her experience of aging, and our experience as mother and daughter. My mom remains my number one cheerleader and has always believed in me. She will be forever remembered for her most often spoken five words. I'm so proud of you. This is for you, Mom. Peace, Camille. Introduction Welcome to The Confusion Experiment, my 100 days of meditation and documentation. For the record, I'm not here to teach you how to meditate. I'm here to share the twists and turns, the ups and downs of the literal and metaphorical trip I took into myself, through myself, and back out into the world. 
In telling this story, I'm hoping to connect with you and with other people who have had similar experiences. I want to be a part of a caravan of adventurers who are willing to go inward and blow the roof off how they show up in life. Before we take the journey to the center of my mind, I want to give you some insight to the layout of this book. In part one, I tell you about what led to my life-altering weekend in March of 2017 with Kyle Cease, the transformation comedian and New York Times bestselling author, as well as the weekend itself. That's when I accepted the challenge that became the confusion experiment, to meditate one hour a day for 100 days, to roll a video after each meditation describing the experience, and then post it on Facebook. Kyle also challenged me to write about my confusion, telling me, there's a book here. At the time, I didn't believe him, but here it is. Part two, the 100 days, is the experiment itself, where I use meditation to heal my confusion. In part three, Journey to the Center of the Mind, I offer the experiment's findings and some final thoughts. Much of my writing leading to day one of my experiment is stream of consciousness that jets ahead and then goes back in time. It's a mirror of what was going on inside of me, and my fingers got the dictation job. In order to honor my confusion and what was happening, I have chosen to let it run its course. I hope you'll stay with me as I learn to stay with myself through one of the most extraordinary adventures of a lifetime, the transformation of the self. Introduction. Welcome to the Confusion Experiment, my 100 days of meditation and documentation. For the record, I'm not here to teach you how to meditate. I'm here to share the twists and turns, the ups and downs of the literal and metaphorical trip I took into myself, through myself, and back out into the world. In telling this story, I'm hoping to connect with you and with other people who have had similar experiences. I want to be a part of a caravan of adventurers who are willing to go inward and blow the roof off how they show up in life. Before we take the journey to the center of my mind, I want to give you some insight to the layout of this book. In part one, I tell you about what led to my life-altering weekend in March of 2017 with Kyle Cease, the transformation comedian and New York Times bestselling author, as well as the weekend itself. That's when I accepted the challenge that became the confusion experiment, to meditate one hour a day for 100 days, to roll a video after each meditation describing the experience, and then post it on Facebook. Kyle also challenged me to write about my confusion, telling me, there's a book here. At the time, I didn't believe him, but here it is. Part two, the 100 days, is the experiment itself, where I use meditation to heal my confusion. In part three, Journey to the Center of the Mind, I offer the experiment's findings and some final thoughts. Much of my writing leading to day one of my experiment is stream of consciousness that jets ahead and then goes back in time. It's a mirror of what was going on inside of me, and my fingers got the dictation job. In order to honor my confusion and what was happening, I have chosen to let it run its course. I hope you'll stay with me as I learn to stay with myself through one of the most extraordinary adventures of a lifetime, the transformation of the self. Chapter 1. 
Be careful what you ask for. This story begins, well, I can't really put a pin in where it begins, but for now, I'm starting with January 1st, 2017. I came into the new year with a very clear intention to help 10,000 people take the inward journey, to come home to their real self, and set it free. Though I wondered how the hell I was going to reach that many people and why it had to be 10,000, I decided it was time to stretch myself into the vision I felt was calling me. So 10,000 it was. And with that, the new year began, with me wanting to assist people experience personal transformation. What I didn't realize then, of course, was that to do so, I had to first go through my own. I also started 2017 in New Jersey, helping my mom. Since 2014, I've been traveling back and forth from Alaska to spend more time with her as she climbs into her 80s and to serve her as her needs change. She still lives in the same house I grew up in, so when I'm back in New Jersey, I live in my small childhood bedroom, complete with the psychedelic floral wallpaper I enjoyed so much more when I was 16. It's here, in this room, where as a child, I dreamed my life's dream of becoming a famous New York radio disc jockey. As a kid, I was mesmerized by the voices that came through my small transistor radio with its wrist strap that let me take it wherever I went. At night, I tucked it under my pillow and drifted off to sleep with some of the great jocks of all time talking directly to me. It was magic, and I wanted to be the magician. Later in my teens, when FM radio took hold and the album rock format made its entrance, I remained spellbound by the women who worked at New York's WNEW-FM. Allison Steele, Meg Griffin, and Carol Miller. This bedroom held so many dreams. It made total sense that I was in New Jersey for much of this transformation. I was tilling the very soil that got me here. The new year rolled into February. I had been in New Jersey for four months by that point, continuing to deal with the one thing that hadn't changed in three years of living on and off with my mother and becoming her caregiver. I wasn't putting the oxygen mask on myself first, and my tank was empty. There's a reason why they warn against that on planes. You're of no use to yourself, let alone anyone else, if you can't breathe. Suffice to say, things were not going well for me. My stress level was rising as I attempted to further my life's purpose with aggressive focus while also tending to my mom, a nearly impossible combination at the time. I needed a break. If you've ever been an adult caregiver yourself, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, while writing this story, an article in AARP confirmed my reality. Family caregivers in New Jersey provided more than 1 billion hours of care, worth an estimated $13.6 billion, to their parents, spouses, partners, and other adult loved ones in 2015. I used to think caregiving meant that someone was near death, but my experience has humbled me into an understanding that caregiving begins much sooner than that and takes on many shapes and duties. 
In my mom's case, it started with helping her out with her bills after my dad died in 2008, then doing her taxes and other administrative tasks, and quickly moved into managing and repairing her 1960s home. When we made the tough decision to take away her car keys, the roles of daughter and mother began to blur as I drove her to and from appointments, and my caregiving duties went up a notch. I witnessed firsthand the grief my mother experienced at losing her driving privilege, and it caused me tremendous emotional pain to take that independence away from her. One day, I didn't know where she was. Looking from the kitchen window, I saw her sitting in her car in the driver's seat, her hands on the wheel and the door ajar, wearing a look I'll never forget. Her face showed longing, nostalgia, and resignation that this part of her life was over. My tears fell hard onto the sink's shiny surface. This, coupled with the inevitable loss of her beloved friends, put me in the front row of my mom's aging process, a show I didn't like seeing but had to bear witness to, though I sometimes squirmed in my seat while doing so. And still, my mom remains quite vibrant in many areas of her life. For those who listen to my podcast, The Camille Conti Show, you know my mom as the world's greatest joke teller who can drop a punchline like no one else. But after living on my own in Alaska for 30 years, I simply wasn't prepared for what I had taken on as a caregiver. Truth is, I didn't know I had taken it on. It crept up on me, task by task. And by the time I realized what was happening, it was too late. I missed my friends and my life as I knew it, and I was struggling to make ends meet. Though I was doing all I could to generate an income, I was sliding downhill. I was spending most of the time trying to create products from the courses and workshops I taught in Alaska to feature on my new spiritual education website. It was taking longer than I had thought. There's more to say about this experience, and I do so in the 100 days. But for now, I had yet to learn how to manage the situation, and I created a lot of stress for myself and for my mom as well. It didn't help that I believed I was failing miserably at my goal of reorganizing my career path which was producing a damaging level of stress I wasn't fully aware of until I got into the confusion experiment. I knew I needed a break and kept getting the nudge to go somewhere and relax. My heart leapt up and said, let's go to Hawaii. You said you wanted to go to Maui. Let's do that. I called my friend Curtis, who lives in Maui, and he kindly offered the use of his man cave and his car. I took it as a sign that this was meant to be. So I went online to check airfares. While combing through prices, a very familiar feeling began to trickle into my body, and a very familiar story started to come into my mind. You can't do this. You can't afford it. You're not working a full-time job. You can't. You can't. What if? What if? This has happened before, this voice, the voice of my mind squashing what I know in my heart and how I want to live my life. By the end of the night, I was sitting on the edge of my old squeaky trundle bed, feeling sad and depressed. I actually said out loud, wow, 
you've pretty much talked yourself out of this, haven't you? It took a long time to fall asleep that night. The next day I was browsing Facebook and randomly saw an ad. The phrase, the transformational comedian, caught my attention. I found that interesting. So I clicked on it. And there was Kyle Cease, a former Comedy Central comedian, talking about personal growth. I watched his video and had an immediate resonance with it. This led me to his website, where there were plenty of other videos. The next one to catch my eye was called, Your Money is Worth What You Spend It On. Hmm, I thought, let's see what this is going to say. Seconds in, I realized that the video was describing what I had just experienced the day before when I was arguing with myself about being able to afford a vacation. Kyle said, the greatest investment we could ever make with our money is in our own self-growth. Watching his video helped me understand what had happened and why it happened, and I vowed never to let it happen again. If my heart wanted to go to Hawaii, my mind was just going to have to get on board or I'd leave without it. But the next day, there was something about going to Maui that just wasn't there anymore. The urgency to go to that specific place had tapered off. I thought it was odd, but I decided to trust the feeling and not force it. I knew I still needed a break, though, and felt like I had gotten permission to invest in my well-being and I believed something would make sense. In a flash, I remembered that I had seen an advertisement for a meditation retreat over Memorial Day weekend with Dr. Michael Beckwith, the spiritual leader at Agape International Spiritual Center in California. Suddenly, that was feeling right to my heart. I called the center for details and realized I had just enough money on my credit card to pay for the registration. Instead of securing my spot right then and there, I told the gentleman on the phone, let me check the airfares and I'll get back to you. I hung up, unaware of my pattern of sabotage, and went downstairs to cook dinner for my mom. As I was chopping garlic, I heard myself saying, let me go check airfares. I gasped, dropped the knife onto the counter, and ran back up the steps, thinking to myself, hell no, I'm not doing that again. I immediately called the Agape Center back and registered for the weekend. When I hung up the phone, I felt really good, like I had defeated a monster. In three months, I'd be going to a meditation retreat, something I've always wanted to do. I'd been meditating for about 10 years in varying degrees of commitment, but was ready to up my game. This would be perfect. Plus, the feeling I had about going was really exciting, exactly how I'd felt a few days prior thinking about Maui. Though the meditation retreat was still three months away, I decided to believe that all was as it should be and it would work out. Later that night, I went back to Kyle's website and watched more of his videos. He was echoing exactly what I had been thinking about talking about and going through these last several months. Two days later, I finished binge-watching every single one of them. Then I saw something titled Flow Group. I clicked to watch. If you've gotten this far, Kyle said, that means you want more. In this video, 
He talked about his very intimate coaching experience with four people selected to spend the weekend together in California. Now that got my attention. I had been wanting support like this since 2012, when I began to rearrange my career as a rock and roll radio broadcaster to combine my passion for spiritual education with my love for music. At the time, I knew something was calling me. I didn't know what it was, but I could feel it coming from a very deep place within me, which is why, in October of 2013, I actually took a leap of faith to answer that call and jabbed a stick in the wheel of my life, hoping that stopping it long enough would allow for something fresh to begin. More on that later. Clarity was something I had definitely been seeking since that time because though I began a process of identifying my skills and talents to transfer them to something new, I wasn't quite sure where I was going. As I did this throughout 2014, 2015, and 2016, I felt like I needed someone to help guide me, and I believed Kyle Cease was the person I had been looking for. I watched as Kyle explained that, to be considered for the weekend, you had to record a video telling him why you should be picked. Well, I knew exactly why I was the perfect person for this weekend. I'm doing it, I said out loud, and closed my laptop feeling happier than I had in quite some time. The next day, I printed out the questions that the website offered as a guide, and I made my video downstairs on my mother's porch on a sunny, warm February afternoon. I hadn't realized how emotional I was feeling about my life and all that I'd been trying to accomplish until I recorded that video. Watching myself pour my heart out with such passion was an overwhelming experience. I was in awe of what I was saying. Was this really inside me all this time? I talked about a world that could work for everyone, how I wanted to help people live their best life, how I wanted to be a part of the solution, and how I just needed somebody to mentor me there. Creating my submission video allowed me to powerfully articulate my certainty about two things. I wanted to live from my heart all the time, and I was ready to see what other gifts I might have waiting within me. I had no idea that I had just given a command to the universe. At the end of my viewing, something suddenly came through me. Everything tingled. I had a short but complete flash of insight that brought the hair up on my entire body. I was lit up for at least 10 seconds, as this multimedia preview flowed through me. Kyle's assistants are going to watch this video, and they're going to tell him to watch this video. And after he does, he'll tell them to call me up and get me in the next flow group. This vision was as real as any moment we call real. I was so fired up, so damn excited, as I watched the video another 10 or 12 times. I couldn't get enough of it. I knew this was going to happen because I know when I know something, and I knew this. I sent the video off the next day and spent the rest of the week preparing to leave for Anchorage. It's never easy to say goodbye to my mom. She's been gracious letting me come and go so that it's win-win for both of us, but she doesn't ever want me to leave. Italian mothers like their daughters nearby. I left New Jersey on February 28th, 
arriving in Alaska to the tune of six degrees below zero. I forgot about my video application, though not about my mom. Caregiving never leaves the caregiver.